gossip. It's one of the most underestimated sins of them all. Oftentimes, people's perception of gossip is a far cry from how serious God sees it. And even if people admit that gossip is wrong, their definition of gossip we find is not in line with what the scriptures define it as being. And so sometimes people find themselves gossiping without even realizing it. And sometimes they simply don't even admit they're gossiping, even when they're partaking in it. That's why in this video, we'll be looking at a, a lot of scripture regarding this sin. Because, brothers and sisters, there is a wildfire brewing out there in the midst of believers where people have come to think today that speaking of another with evil is all right. And this has become so normal in our talk. It has become part of our daily entertainment sometimes. With the advent of social media, this has all become easier than ever to fall into, to become the instigator or a simple partaker. Today, we are just simply going to open our Bibles. We are simply going to see what it says so that if there is a place in our hard lifestyle or actions, where we have fallen short so that we can correct it. Because brothers and sisters, what scares me the most about this sin is how serious it's painted in the word. I want to start off by telling you a little story, something about me that you've likely never heard about. When I was in primary school, a little kid all those years ago, I was the type of child that you could describe and imagine as being very innocent, very quiet, not a troublemaker at school at all. The kid at the back of the room, the teachers would see me as never doing or saying anything, never mind doing or saying anything wrong. However, I had a type of sin about me that was different as a child than my peers. You know, I had, I remember getting in trouble once or twice in my school career as a small child because I said things about others I wasn't supposed to say. I started talking to some of my friends about another person at school who and I said things to them that I shouldn't have said. And I remember sometimes getting in front of a teacher uh, because this came out and it was a big deal because this this rumor was starting to spread that it started with and it started with me. And at the time, as a little kid, I didn't fully understand what I was doing. I, I didn't understand how wrong it was, how how devastating it could be to another child. And after I got corrected once or twice about this, and I started realizing how evil it was and the Holy Spirit started convicting my heart about what I had been doing. I started developing a real distaste and a hatred for the sin because I started seeing in the in those children, those other kids, my friends, the people around me, I started seeing what gossip does to the soul of a human being. And it really scared me. 
you see, I remember then years later, I was at the universities and I was a grown up basically. And I remember um, I, w I had a friend's circle and they were one day in their circle talking about a, another girl who was not in this friend's group who they and this girl was just not a part of it and they didn't like her and they started speaking evil of her saying things about her that may have been true or may have not been true regardless it was horrible evil and me I got my flashback from all those years ago when I was a little kid about all the things I saw happen. And I remember getting so angry right in front of them as I started hearing them speak and I started correcting them harshly. I, I remember just saying, stop it, you guys are gossiping that you can't do this. And they thought I was trying to defend this girl because of whatever reason I'm, you know, but it wasn't like that. It was simply I don't like gossip, no matter about who it is. You can gossip about my best friend. You can gossip about my enemy. It shouldn't make a difference in my heart because my hatred should remain the same for gossip. And you may think, wow, PD, that's pretty hectic. I don't know if I see it that way. Sometimes people do things and they deserve us talking about them behind their backs. You know, I want to start off here in James 1 verse 26. He says, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. You see, the scripture says that you could go to church every week. You could be the star person at your fellowship. You could pray until you're blue in the face and read as much Bible as you can. You can do whatever you define as anything religious. But if you cannot bridle your tongue, you cannot take control of your tongue in how when what you say. Your religion is worthless. That word worthless is a big word, brothers and sisters. Worthless. It, it means it has come to nothing. It means that you may have might as well have never done anything pleasing to God to begin with. If you cannot bridle your tongue, because all that he sees at the end of when, a, when he is faced with a man who cannot bridle his tongue is an unbridled tongue and no amount of good works will make up for an unbridled tongue lifestyle. What is necessary is a repentance from an unbridled tongue and a commitment to bridle it. Furthermore, God says that the he who is a gossiper will not inherit the kingdom of God. Period. Let me read it to you. Galatians 5.19. Now the works of the flesh are evident sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you say, well, Peter, I don't see gossip in that list. 
8 out of the 15 things mentioned are directly related to the sin of gossip. If you look at this list, you will see enmity. Enmity is caused by gossip. Strife caused by gossip. Jealousy, often the motivator for gossip. Fits of anger, often the conclusion of gossip. Rivalries, that's why we gossip. Dissensions, divisions. What divides more than gossip? Envy. People gossip all the time because of envy. My point is simply all of these, at least eight of these sins listed that are disqualifiers from God's kingdom, period, are directly related to the sin of gossip. I want us to read on Revelation 22, verse 15. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. What does this sentence have to do with gossip? You see, when we think about murder and read about murder, immediately we think about a human being killing another human being with a gun or a knife or something of that sort. But the scriptures go further than simply that thought about what murder is defined as. It says in Proverbs 18, verse 21, that death in life is in the power of the tongue. And furthermore, in Matthew 5, Yeshua went ahead as he explained about adultery, for example. He said that you have heard it say, do not commit adultery. But he explained that adultery isn't just when you commit the act of adultery. But it is also when you look at another woman with a lust in your heart. That is the sin of adultery. It's the same thing when you do it in your heart as when you do it in the physical. And the same goes for murder. You see, murder is defined as when you murder someone either in the physical or their very soul. You see, something I realized when I was a kid back in primary school was that the people who were being gossiped about were being murdered. You know, you often hear about children, teenagers these days, and always like it's always been this way or people in general doesn't have to be a child. When there is a great amount of gossip that occurs about their life, you have seen it concluding with that person committing suicide. Now, when that person commits suicide because of rumors that has been spread, evil speech has been spread about them and it leads to their death and suicide, whose fault is that suicide? Because see, at that point, the fact that that person killed themselves in the physical was simply a conclusion of what has already happened in their soul. They were murdered in their soul. They are dead inside. And so now they feel like there's no way out but to simply conclude it in the physical as well. Whose fault is that suicide? It's the murderer's fault. 
It's the gossiper's fault. It's the man's fault, the woman's fault, who partook in it and who or who started it. It doesn't matter. The one who continued spreading it, the one who started spreading it, the one who refused to stand up and say, stop gossiping when he heard it. That man, that woman has the blood on their hands because that's why the person died. You see, now when you start link thinking about these things this way, you start realizing that it's not murder is not just when I go and I kill someone with a knife or a gun. Murder is what comes out of my mouth sometimes. And when you think about it this way, it may just be that you stand before God one day as a model Christian, but yet with an untamed tongue. And he tells you, depart from me. You murderer, get away from me. I don't know you, you lawless one. You murdered throughout your life. You have blood on your hands. You cannot be in my presence. You are a hypocrite, you false liar who said you love me, yet you speak about your brothers and sisters in this way. How dare you get away from me? That's what will be proclaimed to many who call themselves Christians. And you say, PD, you're overreacting. I'm saying this is the truth. And if you don't fix your heart now, you will be sorry then. Because and I am I am passionate about this because I see how this is leading to death for many people who think and are seen as believers. Never mind the unbelievers. This is running rampant within the body itself and no one is batting an eye. And that is the worst of it all, because the moment you don't bat an eye to it, you're you're partaking. Because if you don't, if you see it, but you don't stop it, if like Phineas, when he saw that sin of sexual immorality happening in his midst, he had to take a spear and stop it, because if he had it, he would have the blood on his hands, too. And so, brothers and sisters, I refuse to have the blood on my hands because I've seen it so much. And so I will proclaim it from the rooftops as I'm proclaiming it right now that you stop from your gossip. You repent of your gossip. I want to read to you further in Proverbs 6, verse 16. There are six things that the Lord hates. Seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. This is God's list to us of seven things that is an abomination to him. Notice how he explains this list. He says these are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. This figure of speech is a way to put a uh, exclamation mark, if you will, next to this seventh element, saying these are the six things that I hate. And number seven, I especially despise. You may also say again, PD, where's gossip in this list? It's all over. All seven of these things that God hates is intrinsically directly related to the sin of gossip. When the sin of gossip goes forth, these things are committed. And number seven, where he says 
the one who sows discord among brothers, that's the one he hates above all. The seven. You see, brothers and sisters, he hates the one who causes discord, division. And that's what gossip does, because here's what gossip does. If if I if I gossip about someone, what I am doing is someone is going to hear words that I'm saying about another person. And these words can be true or false. It doesn't really matter. But before this other person even met the one I'm gossiping about, they will have a bad impression. And they may even have a bad taste in their mouth about this person they've never even met who I told him about. And I may have said lies or truths. It doesn't matter. This person I'm gossiping about, his image is being tarnished and he never even had a chance to represent himself. That is one of the ultimate ways to sow discord. Because the person I gossip to will already is in discord with the man I'm gossiping about because he's never even met him, yet he thinks ill of him. Do you see how easily these things start happening? Matthew 12 or 35 tells us that our mouth will identify the kingdom that we are from. He says in Matthew 12 or 36, I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned. Now that we've established how serious the sin of gossip is, it is prudent for us to establish the definition of gossip in the word. What is it and what is it not? I have oftentimes found that people fall into partaking in gossip because they don't even really understand that they're what they're doing. And so what does the Bible say about this? Firstly, as I briefly mentioned, gossip end of itself is when you go in its most simple form to another person to speak evil of someone else. What you say may be true or not. It doesn't matter. It can still be gossip. And what you say can be done in the presence of the person you're gossiping about or not. It doesn't matter. It can still be gossip. The textbook definition of gossip is as, fo- is as follows. Anything which, if it would be publicized, would cause the subject emotional, physical or monetary damage, or would cause him anguish or fear. That is Lashon Hara. There is an exclusion to this, which I'll be discussing later in this teaching. But Why did this all start? What does the Bible say? Where did it start being described as forbidden in Scripture? We see this in Leviticus 19 verse 16. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the blood of your neighbor. I am Yahweh. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. This passage of scripture very appropriately includes various sins with this sin of slander. He talks about how we ought not to uh, have bear a grudge. We ought not to be bitter in our heart, have vengeance. 
because these are usually what leads to gossip. And so we have to go to the root issue of why we want to gossip so badly. Deal with that because that in of itself will lead to sin if it's not dealt with. Yeshua told us when he was in the flesh how to deal with this issue. He said that if someone has sinned against you, there is a very important protocol to follow that has three very important steps. And he says the following Matthew 18 verse 15. If your brother sins against you, you go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Step two. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Step three. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Yeshua was very insistent that we go to the person who have sinned against us, you and him alone as a first step. You see, we cannot go and start involving other people from the get go. The only exclusion to this is if someone is an immediate danger or abuse of some sort, then it is prudent to go to find help and safety. But in most cases, this is not what is happening. And so we cannot involve other people until we have gone to that person alone with our best hope and attempt at working things out. If that fails, then we can move on to step two, not before. In step two, we then go and we involve two or three other important people who are mature in the faith in some form of leadership, an elder, someone who is respected, not just your best friends or someone who finds someone who would be a good mediator. These mediators or witnesses must be someone that the other party also respects so that they don't feel like you're simply trying to gang up against them. And after this has happened, leadership has been involved. Now we can go ahead. And now if the leadership has determined and the witnesses have determined that this person who has sinned against you has indeed sinned against you, refuses to repent of it, turn from their sin. In that case, yes, now there can be a more public declaration made to the church, your fellowship, the people involved. And this person who refuses to repent, even after leadership has been involved, can now be put out until they repent. But notice how oftentimes people don't want to go through these steps. We simply skip to step three. We don't involve leadership. We don't involve other witnesses who are mature believers to make a determination. We don't sometimes even go to that person alone. We just skip to telling Facebook everyone we meet about this person we are better at who has sinned against us. You see, brothers and sisters, the moment that you skip this protocol, 
you are just as guilty as the person you are talking about, whichever sin they have committed. You have not followed protocol. And anyone who is around you, who hears you talk like that, should immediately be telling you to keep quiet and stop in your gossip sin. They will also need to identify that you are a sinner and a gossiper at heart and that you cannot be trusted because your sin of gossip that leads to murder is a sin worthy of excommunication in of itself. But what about public figures? Something that I have also witnessed is that some see gossip as being very wrong when we're talking about interpersonal relationships, when we're talking about people we know privately. But what about if the person who has sinned against you is a public figure? What about if this person has said something on a stage and you felt offended, you felt felt sinned against, you felt they taught falsehood, you felt like they are a false prophet in your mind? What then does that exclude because they're a public figure and because they say public things, does that exclude them from the protocol that Yeshua has laid forth or not? You see, the reality is, brothers and sisters, is not everyone who has ever said anything wrong on a stage or on some public platform or it's not to say that they're always a wolf. It's not to say that they're always just out to deceive everyone. People do make mistakes. We all make mistakes. In the scriptures, we can clearly see that the protocol remains the same. One example in the book of Acts chapter 18 is when there were two people who heard a preacher preach something on a stage and they didn't agree with everything he said. What did they do? Did they go to all their friends and and tell them about how how this is a false prophet, how this man is just teaching falsehood, how everyone should turn their ears away from him? Was that their first step? Not at all. Acts 18 verse 25. He, Apollos, had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately in the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. The key word here is how Priscilla and Aquila took him aside. You see, they they didn't just stand up and start rebuking him for making a mistake. They, after he was done, took him aside, kindly, gently brought correction. They felt that he needed correction and they went to him in private with between them and him alone. This couple, this married couple met with this man and told him. Now, if this man, Apollos, he just if he was going to refuse to listen to them, their next step would be to involve some leadership and come to him with the leadership. You see, that's what the protocol would have been. But they didn't even need to because in their love for him, they went to him 
and he had an open ear to hear what they had to say. And usually people have an open heart and an open ear to hear. But see, here's the problem. If they went to the public immediately without coming to him first, he would not have even listened to anything that they had to say because he would not have identified their motivation as being holy and pure. Instead, one of a gossiper and busybody. And if someone is identifying you as a simple gossip and busybody, there's no way you're going to reach their heart with what you're trying to say. Because you have identified that you're a sinner who keeps themselves busy with this. Why would any teacher, pastor or public figure alike listen if you don't follow the protocol that you're supposed to follow? How could they believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking through you if you don't follow the scriptures on how he speaks? 1 Timothy 5 verse 19 says, Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. Two to three witnesses are required to establish any charge against anyone. But in the book of Timothy, it is stressed that you cannot accept a charge against someone, an elder if there aren't two to three witnesses. Why is this specifically mentioned? Because elders and leaders in, in our spiritual walks are going to be targeted by the enemy more. People will gossip about them more just because they are in the public sphere. And that does not mean that we can just do away with the requirement for two to three witnesses. So, brothers and sisters, I'm saying all this because I don't want us to think that it's okay to talk about other people who are in the public sphere just because they have made themselves available for God's work. The second facet of this sin is when we make someone else stumble because of our gossip. Leviticus 19 verse 14 warns against making the blind stumble. If there is someone who is blind and that they cannot see that you're gossiping, they don't identify it and you make them stumble into partaking in the gossip, even by simply listening and receiving it, your stump, you allowing them to stumble is now the second facet of the sin. When we are partakers in gossip, what is happening is that we will receive a word from someone which may be somewhat true or untrue. And we now repeat this to someone else that gets repeated to someone else and records repeated to someone else. And whatever, if there even was anything true about it, by the end of it, there is just about nothing true anymore. So what was, must we do when we encounter someone who is gossiping? You might, if you identify someone who is gossiping or potentially gossiping, you must ask them, have you gone to this person between you and him alone first as Yeshua laid out in the protocol? If the answer is no, you must instruct them to immediately do that and that you will refuse to listen until they have done so. If the answer is yes, you will ask them, have they taken their two to three witnesses along with them yet to this person they're talking about so that things can be worked out? If the answer 
is no, then you need to instruct them to continue to do that first. If this person does not do any of this, if this person refuses to follow this protocol, you must immediately notify them that they are in sin, that they are gossiping. They must immediately stop and that you will not entertain anything that they are saying, whether true or not, until they follow the correct protocol and repent of their transgressions. As for someone who persists in gossip without repenting, with refusing to follow the correct protocol, the answer is very simple on what to do about that. And it's laid out for us in 1 Timothy 5 verse 20. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all, so that the rest may stand in fear. This person who has made it their career to destroy the image of others by spreading lies in the public sphere, you have the right to go and rebuke them in public so that everyone else may hear. If this has been established with the leadership, if this has been discussed, because again, if someone is gossiping and they are and you see that they're sinning against you, even if it's not directly, you need to also involve the correct witnesses and parties. And if this person refuses to repent because of their gossip, then at the end of the day, the same consequence will result and that they will be treated as a tax collector. They will be put out until they repent of their sin. Why is why am I saying that this is such a strong treatment that is necessary for a gossiper? Because if a gossiper runs rampant in a fellowship, one person can destroy an entire fellowship because of their gossips as they turn the hearts of people against each other. That's why whenever there is a sin in the fellowship, someone has sinned against another. Those people need to work it out alone before anything and anyone else is involved. If someone is a gossiper and you identify that they are not following the correct protocols, why entertain a word they have to say? Because none of nothing they say is trustworthy. Furthermore, we must always think the best of someone else. We must always think the best, even if we are hearing words. We must always, and if we have doubt in our heart, we must go to that person and verify what we've heard. Why do people gossip? It can also even be from our good intentions. We can be good intentioned in seeing someone and something, someone sinned, someone did something wrong. I need to tell everyone to warn them about this person. Even though there's a good intention that may be there because the correct protocol is not followed, it's still sin and it's still wrong. And if I really want to reach the heart of that person who has sinned, it would be best to follow the correct protocol. We read in Ephesians 4:29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. There is a time. 
there is a place and there is a way to go about when we're dealing with someone who has offended us, sinned against us, who have wronged us in whichever way. There is a time. When do I go about doing this? There is a way. How do I go about doing this? And there is a place. Where do I go about doing this? These three things need to be done in accordance to the protocol that Yeshua gave us. But now what are we to do if we have been gossiped against? As being a ministry, I have had my fair share of this and I can totally connect with the anguish, the fear, the disappointment, the hurt that can come about when you are gossiped about and especially when what has been said is not true. And we all, no matter who you are, you will face this in your life at some point. You will face someone who says things behind your back to someone else, whether true or not, things that they shouldn't have said without coming to you to work things out. And you will even have those rumors sometimes spreading and you will have people carrying it over and over and those people betray you and they don't come to you and and they don't verify about what has been said. That's the worst of it all, isn't it? And when this happens to us and not if, but when this happens to us, what I first want to just say is let it happen because of the good you've done and not any evil. Do not give them opportunity. Like the scripture says, do not give opportunity for the devil. Have let them not have anything bad to really say and have on you. Let your conduct always be praiseworthy and good. Let you rather be persecuted and gossiped about because of your strong faith in the Lord than about your sin. Because Yeshua did promise that we will have many sufferings because of following him. But you don't need to have sufferings for where you didn't follow him the way you, sh- you sh- were supposed to, where, where you did sin. How you respond to gossip is very important because everything you say and do will be used against you by your enemies. It is very important to be strong, to not let your anger get the best of you when you feel betrayed and don't engage in counter gossip. That is, don't start feeling justified to gossip about the person who's gossiping about you to get back at them, to have vengeance on them of some sort or anything like that. You should always follow the correct protocols and do everything you can to work it out that way. In my personal experience, I have found that when someone is gossiping about you, they typically have no interest in following the correct protocols. And even if you at least try to say, let's have a one on one conversation and work this out, that is still the right thing to do, whether they allow it or not. And if they don't give you that opportunity, you can still at least come before the Lord and said that you did your best and you did the right thing. Because ultimately, brothers and sisters, all the other voices in this world, they will talk about us. They will say many things. But there's going to come a day when we will all stand before God and all of those voices will be muted. 
They will be silenced. They will be, it will be so quiet that you would be able to hear a, a, uh, something just fall on the ground. Like it would be so quiet in that courtroom. And then God is going to speak. And his voice will be the only voice that matters. And you want his voice to be on your side because you did the right thing. Instead of you compromising your position because you simply wanted to now partake in the sin that they started against you. As tempting as it may be, we should not. God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. When you are being gossiped about, see it as an opportunity to lay your image on the altar. See it as an opportunity to give this up to the Lord, to be dead to yourself. Because if you are truly dead to yourself and raised with Christ, you won't have as many cares for what others think of you as you did before. We are supposed to be dead to the opinions of men, because otherwise we will be controlled by them. And if we are controlled by them, we are actually in bondage and we will do things to please them. Instead, sometimes it's actually a blessing, as weird as it may sound, to suffer this kind of persecution because it shows us really how dead we really are to ourselves and to the opinions of men and how much they really still matter to us. God also tells us to turn the other cheek when our enemies wrong us. He says in Matthew 5 verse 39, But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him the other also. If anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. This is not to say there are no repercussions for those who sin against you, because we already established God said vengeance is mine. But God does want us to be like Yeshua, to love our enemies, even in the most difficult times when they're out to get us, when they're hurting us, gossiping against us. That will be the greatest test of our character and how we respond is very important because our father is looking. And so I would just say, be strong in a time like this. Look to the Lord and he will sustain you. Ultimately, what others say, I have found they don't matter. All that matters to me at the end of the day is whether I can please my father or not. May the Father bless you, keep you, shine his face upon you, lift up his counts upon you, give you shalom, give you blessing and strengthen you in times of persecution and strengthen you so that you're not overcome by any temptation of the devil to partake or start any form of evil speech. Lashon hurrah. Father, I pray that you would give us your empowerment to walk like you walked in this ways and to follow the protocols you have set out in your word. Lord, I pray you would put a great distaste in the in the in the mouths of everyone who is listening to this for gossip so that they would not partake when they come across it in their life again. I thank you, Lord, for a body that is protected against gossipers. I thank you, Lord, for making us stronger as a body and bonding us together closer so that there is not going to be more disunity because of what others speak when they should not have spoken. We pray all this in the name of Yeshua.